0: الله لا اشهد ان لا اله الا الله اشهد ان محمد Muhammad, a Shoah, a The حي على الفلا حي على الفلا
1: الحمد لله (laughs) Alhamdulillah wa kafa was salatu was salam ala ibadihi alladhina istafa amma ba'd a'udhu billahi minash shaitani rrajim bismillahir rahmanir rahim wa innaka la'ala khuluqin 'adheem sadaqallahu al-'adheem most respected ulama elders brothers mothers and sisters that may be listening from home assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh there is no better example there is no better way of life there is no better benchmark than we we as Muslims, that we as Muslims have been given, then the blessed example of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. وسلم. لَقَدَ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says that certainly in the Messenger of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala you will find a beautiful example. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala further says, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَى خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ. That verily we have. Created you on the highest level of sublime character. وَمَا أَرْسَلْنَاكَ إِلَّا رَحْمَةً لِلْعَالَمِينَ And we have not sent you down except as a mercy unto all of the worlds. So the lifestyle of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, the dealings of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is our benchmark. Hazrat Mulla Abrarul Haq, rahmatullahi alaihi, was known as Muhyu Sunnah, the one who revives the sunnah and lives his life according to the sunnah. Very beautifully, he explained that the lifestyle in the sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam is akmal, ajmal and ashal. It is akmal, it is absolutely complete. Nothing needs to be added, nothing needs to be subtracted. It is ajmal, it is most beautiful. Whatever the situation, if you follow the character of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, it is most beautiful. And someone might think that something that is so perfect, something that is so beautiful, it's going to be very difficult to carry out. Hazrat mentions that it is ashal, it is also the easiest. It is the easiest for us to carry out. From amongst one of the beautiful qualities of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is that he never lost hope on anyone. He never thought low. He never wrote off any individual. Whether we look at Hazrat Umar radiallahu anhu, whether we look at Hazrat Wahshi radiyallahu an, who was responsible for killing the beloved uncle of, of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, whether we look at Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, who was that mastermind who was responsible for causing so much harm in the Battle of Uhud, Rasulullah sallallahu never thought low of each of, in any one of them. He never wrote any one of them off. And this is from amongst the beautiful qualities of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa which sadly you and I today we lack. We see somebody that is in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and immediately we write that person off. We write that person off as a Jahannami. Sometimes that person might be a Muslim, our Muslim brother. The hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam Al Muslimu man al wa yadi. that a Muslim is such a person that fellow Muslims are safe from both his hands, the harm of the hand, and the harm of his tongue. There's a very lengthy and beautiful incident that comes in the books of Ahadith That there was once a Jewish person who was in the habit of reciting the Torah on the day of Saturday, the day of Sabbath. Like we as Muslim, the day of Jumu'ah is the best day of the week for us. It is the most virtuous day of the week. Different ummats had different days that they had set aside to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this particular Jewish person would recite the Torah on a Saturday. On one occasion, he was reciting the Torah and he found the mention of the description of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in four different places. So he had this enmity in his heart and he tore up those areas, blocked them out. So happens the next week, as was his practice, he's reciting the Torah once again. And now he finds the mention of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, his beautiful qualities, his character, his appearance. He finds it in eight places. So again, he gets enraged and he tears it out of the copy of his Torah. The following week, the third week, once again, he's reciting that he sees the description of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. We find that the muhaddefeen explain that all of the previous scriptures had the description and spoke about Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So now his curiosity is piqued. His interest has been piqued. And he decides, let me find out more about this individual. Such beautiful qualities, such a great description. Who is this person that will come? So he goes to the ulama in his area. It is mentioned that he was based in Syria. And he inquires about this individual that is mentioned in the Torah. So the ulama at that time of... The Jews, they also had lots of enmity for Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. They said to him that no, you should not go and speak to this person because he is a poet, he is a liar, he is a sorcerer and he will take you away from this deen of your forefathers. But now this person had a certain level of intellect, some akal that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed him with and more important, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when he desires good for somebody, then no amount of obstruction that is in front of him will prevent him from getting hidayah So he says to these people that it's impossible. This person is mentioned in so many different places in the Torah with such beautiful qualities. I need to go out and I need to find him and at least listen to what he has to say. Now this Iman is being kindled in his heart. So the people then point him and say that this individual, his name is Muhammad and he resides in the city of Medina. So the person from Syria, he sets out on this journey and it is a long journey and he goes through many hardships traveling from Syria all the way to Medina Munawwara. When he comes to the outskirts of Medina Munawwara, he bumps into Hazrat Salman al-Faris, Salman Fartu. So when he sees him, his outer appearance and when he interacts with him and his beautiful qualities, his warmth that he had for this visitor. This Jewish person thinks that this person is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. From what he had read in the description. Ulama explained from this that look at the benefit of the companionship that Sahaba had. Then, in a short space of time, with the suhbat of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa here is a non-Arab, here is a Persian, but he has imbibed internal and external qualities of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa to such an extent, that when a stranger sees him, he thinks that this person is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So he says to him that, are you Muhammad. So, Hadith Salman an replies, that I am, the slave of Muhammad. What do you know about Muhammad? So the person replies that I have come here to find out about him. And he narrates his story. So Salman r.a realizes that this person is a stranger. He's not from the town of Madina Munawwara. And he hasn't realized that Rasulullah sallam has passed away three days before. He hasn't realized that Rasulullah sallam has left this world three days before. Now Salman r.a is in a quandary. He doesn't know what to do. If he tells this person that what you came for is no longer here, this person might get so despondent that he will leave and go back. So he decides and he says to him that, come, I will take you to his companions. He doesn't say to him that Rasulullah sallallahu has passed away. So he brings him into Madina Munawwara and they enter into Masjidul Nabawi. And as they enter into Masjidul Nabawi, the theme is such that the Sahaba anhum are all enveloped in grief. Imagine the situation three days after the demise of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. What type of grief must have been overcoming these sahaba? So he looks at the scene and he's observing and Salman radiallahu anhu then begins to introduce him to the sahaba, the companions of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. But he doesn't know as yet that Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam has passed away and he's not amongst these people. So he calls out Assalamu alayka ya Muhammad This Jewish person he calls out Assalamu alayka ya Muhammad thinking that whoever amongst this group is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam will respond to him now the sahaba radiallahu anhum they heart and they respond to this person that who is this stranger that is rekindling this grief in our hearts that we remember that we would come into this masjid and we would say Assalamu alayka ya rasulullah and we will witness the blessed countenance of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Imagine you and I, we travel thousands of kilometers. We have this visa that allows us to go for a short period of time. We may need to present ourselves in front of the Rosa Mubarak of Rasulullah sallallahu sallam. And what a great feeling. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala take each and every one of us over and over and over again. Respected brothers, imagine the feeling that Sahaba radiallahu anhum had, that they could walk into the masjid, and they would witness the Mubarak face of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and they could say, Assalamu alayka ya Rasulullah. And now imagine the grief, after Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has passed away. Sahaba radiallahu anhum mentioned that there was no day that was darker in the history of Madinah Munawwara, than the day that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa made parada from this world. Extremely difficult test. So the Sahaba then respond in this way, and they say, don't you know that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa passed away three days ago? Now this Jewish person is grief-stricken, grief-stricken. He's absolutely disappointed, heartbroken. And he calls out and he says that, imagine how I wish that my mother had not given birth to me. How I wish that I had not learned how to read the Torah. How I wish that I had not... Seeing the description of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in the Torah, all this effort that I have made to come and meet this blessed personality, it's all in vain because he's no longer in this world. So then he says that, Can you introduce me to Ali radiallahu anhu? Because I have read the description of the son-in-law of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa in the Torah as well. So Hazrat Ali radiallahu anhu then comes in front of him. And he says to Ali radiallahu anhu, that i may not have been able to meet rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and have one blessed glance at his face can you describe rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam to the narration is very lengthy but to summarize ali radiallahu an then begins describing the beautiful features of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam he was neither tall nor short he was of average height he was not too fair not too dark his hair was not too curly and not too straight but it was Wave, uh, slightly wavy. Rasulullah's <laughs> blessed hands and feet were firm and fleshy. Rasulullah <laughs> was of a medium built and he had a slightly round face. And he had a line of hair that would go from his chest down towards his navel. All of this has been recorded in absolute detail. Every aspect of the Mubarak description of Rasulullah <laughs> from his hair, the length of his hair, Sometimes he had it slightly long. Sometimes he had it slightly short. So this person then describes the situation, the the the, the, the description of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Now this Jewish person says that I did not have the opportunity to meet this blessed personality. Do you perhaps have a garment of his that I can simply look at and inhale the fragrance of? So Ali radiallahu an then sends Salman Radiallahu an to his home and says, "Tell my wife, the daughter of Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam." to send the jubba of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa to me. So, Hazrat Salman radiyallahu an then goes to the house of Fatima radiyallahu anha, and he knocks on the door, and he says that Ali radiyallahu an has requested the jubba mubarak of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Upon hearing this news, Hazrat Hassan and Hussain come out of the house in tears, remembering their blessed nana, remembering Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And Hazrat Fatima radiallahu anha also in tears, remember this is three days after the departure of Rasulullah وسلم from this world. She mentions from inside that who is this person that has caused these yateem children, these orphan children to cry in memory of their beloved grandfather. Of course, they were not orphans in the real sense of the, of the word, their parents were still alive, but this was... Uh, uh, the way it which in which Fatima radiyallahu described the grief so Hazrat Salman radiyallahu then explains the situation about this Jewish person jubba of Rasulullah sallallahu wa wasallam which by the way had seven patches on it this was the clothes of the greatest creation after Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this was the most sublime human being Imamul Anbiya seven patches on his jubba so the jubba is now brought before this person and he inhales the Mubarak fragrance that is emanating from this jubba. And then he requests the Sahaba عنهم, that please take me to the grave of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And he goes and stands in front of the grave of Rasulullah sallallahu sallam, and he recites the shahada, ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa annaka muhammadan Rasulullah. That I bear witness that there is none worthy of worship beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that you, this inhabitant of the grave, you are the messenger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He brings iman. And then he makes a dua. And he says, Oh Allah, if you have of mine, then take me away from the world at this moment. Because it is not worth me living even a single moment in this world without the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And he passes away. There and there. Hazrat Muhammad Yunus Patel sahib rahmatullahi alayhi, mentions on the commentary of this particular hadith that we should never look down upon anyone. Look at this person, lived an entire life in the enmity of Rasul, without iman as a Jewish person. And right at the end of his life, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave him the tawfiq to bring iman. He passes away, not one salah, not one fast, not one hajj, not one durood upon Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam, but when we bring Islam, Islam wipes out all our other sins, and this person now, he meets Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this condition. At the same time, he also has not one act of ghibat, backbiting, not one act of slander, not one act of hurting the feelings of Muslims, not one act in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yet you and I, when we see somebody else that is in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we write that person off. We feel that we are better than that individual, yet we don't know what will be the end condition of that particular individual. Azat Mana Asha rahmatullahi alayhi mentions that I have no assurance with regards to my end condition. That person that is disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala might give him the tawfiq to make tawbah before he passes away. All his sins are forgiven and he passes away in that condition. And more than that, when we see a non-Muslim, we should not be writing them off. Because Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala might give them the tawfiq just before they pass away to accept iman, and they pass away in that condition, and they meet Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala without the burden of sins on their head. Yet you and I have so many sins, that we are going to be presenting ourselves in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, Hazrat mentions that we should never ever write a person off. We might have somebody that is engaged in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in drinking, in gambling, whatever the sin might be. Yet, we should detest and we should abhor the sin, but we should never have it in our hearts that we hate the sinner. As they say, hate the sin and not the sinner. There's a beautiful hadith, that comes in both Bukhari and Muslim. Wherein Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions that you will find that there will be certain people in my ummah. Throughout their entire lives, they will carry out the acts of the people of Jannat. That is, they will carry out good deeds. But right at the end of their lives, they will do something, some action from the people of Jahannam. Some act of kufar in the disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they will enter into Jahannam. And on the other hand, there will be such people in my ummah, that throughout their entire lives, they will carry out the acts of the people of Jahannam, of the fire. But right at the end, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bless them with the tawfiq to bring iman. And they will carry out the acts of the people of Jannah. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will enter them into Jannah. Commenting on this hadith, ulama mentioned that the lesson for you and I, is that we should continue to strive to do good right till the end, number one. And number two, we should never look at the person next to us and write them off because of their disobedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If Rasulullah Wasallam had to write off Umar radiallahu anhu, who was an enemy of Allah. If Rasulullah Wasallam had to write off Hazrat Khalid bin Walid, who was an enemy and fought against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what would have been the condition? So my respected friends and elders, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we should always look for the good in people. We should always have a good opinion of people and where we see somebody that is disobeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should never write them off with a clean heart. We should make dua for them and we should have hope, even if it is a non-Muslim, that before they pass away, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them tawfiq to make tawbah and bring iman. Wa akhiru da'wana anil